It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you to find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you very, very much for tuning in. And I'd love to know how this show helps you. So please let me know via social media with the hashtag EcomMasterplan. So ways to improve your e-commerce business. We are we are really going for it in today's episode. I haven't got an e-commerce business owner as such today. I've got a subject matter expert for you. And we are getting deep into a topic that every single one of you should be obsessed about because it makes such a difference to the efficiency of your business makes it can save you a lot of money in terms of your overheads it makes your customer experience more powerful more consistent and it's going to save you personally a huge pile of time and money and enable your growth we are talking about how to standardize the processes in your business we're going to tell you why you should care about this not that i haven't just done that already we're also going to tell you about how to go about doing it what software to use, good ways to get started, things it potentially doesn't work for. Lots of great content coming up with an absolute master of the world of systematization. Before we get into all of that, though, please do check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. On average, 15% of searches on online shops return zero results, but only 1.3% of searches made through DoFinder are not returning results. Knowing that, what are you waiting for? Get your DoFinder 30-day free trial and start offering a better search experience. It can be implemented on all e-commerce platforms such as Shopify, WooCommerce, EKM, VisualSoft. Neil Patel includes DoFinder among the most powerful tools to increase e-commerce sales. Don't hesitate and go to DoFinder.com slash masterplan to install it in only five minutes without coding. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Trent Deersmid has been sourcing products and selling on Amazon for over four years. During that time, he's also got very into traffic driving, hosted the brilliant Bright Ideas podcast, and, which is what we're chatting about today, he's mastered the process of systematizing your business in order to take the stress and cost out of scaling, something he's got so good at that in 2019, his Amazon business ranked 254th on the Inc. 5000 list. Hello, Trent. Hello, Chloe. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to be. I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone who's been on the Inc. 5000 list, let alone someone in the top, top, nearly top 250. So it's an amazing achievement. That must have been very cool to experience. 
It was honestly, we, um, I've been on lists like this before when I was in Canada, I had a company that was twice ranked as a profit 100 fastest growing company in Canada. And that was awfully cool. And this time ranking so high on the Inc 5000 list came as a, as a pretty big surprise. And I owe a huge thanks to my team because I couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, um, yeah, congrats, congrats. But we should probably talk um, about how you got into e-commerce and then we'll go into how we get deep into this world of systematizing, which enabled you to achieve that amazing performance. So how did you end up in e-commerce? So I've been uh, podcasting for years and we had a digital marketing agency that just sort of came to be as a result of just repeated requests from folks in my audience. And we were running that for years. And then uh, we got to the point where um, two things happened at one time. Or, or almost overlap. One, our largest client for the agency let us know they weren't going to renew for a third year in the contract. And so we were like, hmm, okay, do we really want to keep going with the agency? In and around the same time, some of my other friends that were doing private label on Amazon were really harassing me to get started with it. And I was very, very resistant. I didn't want to do it until such time as I heard that the contract wasn't going to be renewed. And so in April of 2016, I started doing private label and honestly, it really wasn't doing very well at all. Uh, lots of sales, but no profits. And then in the summer of 2016, I interviewed a guy by the name of Dan Metters, who introduced me to a very different way of selling on Amazon, what is called wholesale or a reseller model where you're not the brand owner, you're just a reseller. And to me, that made a lot of sense. And so when I hung up the phone or disconnected from the Zoom from that interview, I turned to my wife and I said, we're going to do that right now. And within <laughs> five months, we were doing over 100 grand a month. And with we did wow. 1.2 million in the first year. We went on to get the Inc. 5000 ranking. And the coolest part of all, I think, is that I delegated myself completely out of day-to-day -day operations within that business in just six months after founding the company. And now, four years in, I haven't had a day-to-day -day role in that company in years. That's amazing. Because as I understand it, and feel free to tell me I'm wrong on this, but when you're being an Amazon reseller, so you're selling other people's products on Amazon, the money is made in the volume, yep. isn't it? it it's yep. not it's because you're not in control so much of the margin and your, and your cost base. You, I mean, you have certain amounts of control over the margin, but not quite as much. But the risk is so much lower because with private label, you're trying to launch a new product. And as I proved to myself, you can make bad product selections. And if you make a bad product selection, it really doesn't matter what you do afterwards. I picked products that were too competitive and I just never could get them to rank. And that's why I was constantly spending money on pay-per-click campaigns and promotions and giveaways and just never worked. With wholesale, you're, you're buying products that are already selling. So you already know they're going to sell. It's just a question of, can you get approved to be one of the resellers and will the margin maintain? And there are definitely ways to, to know those things in advance. And of course, one of the big things, if you're going to scale successfully and play that margin game is you've got to reduce your costs. And that's where the systematization comes in. Oh, it was absolutely critical. If I, to this day, if we weren't making use of virtual assistants that were working for four bucks an hour, the business wouldn't work. It just simply wouldn't. The cost structure would be far too high. So, so did you realize you needed to systematize that business on day one, the reseller yes. Amazon business? 
Yes. I, I started drinking the systematizing Kool-Aid long before I started the Amazon business. I've already built and sold a business for seven figures. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I founded multiple companies and I owe my, the portion of my brain that is obsessed with systemization. I have to give it a tip of the hat to Michael Gerber in the book, The E-Myth. I read it years and years and years ago. It immediately made a ton of sense to me. And so every business I've ever had since then, I go into it thinking I'm not going to have a day-to-day role in this company in the shorter period of time as I can. And in order for that to happen, in order for my team to be successful, in order for me to be able to make use of overseas labor to execute repetitive tasks, I have to have systems. If I don't have systems, it'd be like for me, I have a car, but it has no wheels. It would just be stupid. I just wouldn't do it. So are you the creator of your systems or have you reached the point where you've systematized the creation of the systems? Yes and yes. So in it, there's still many systems in my business, like for example, in my software company, where which is where I'm very focused these days. I am the creator of many systems. Um, in the Amazon business that obviously I still own, I haven't created a system for that business in years. My staff creates all the new systems and they keep them up to date because they understand that that is the culture of the organization that, you know, we have, we like to have a joke in the office. You can't have a fart if you don't have a system for it. <laughs> that really is systematization to the end. Yeah. Degree, isn't it? <laughs> wow. That's impressive. Um, so we're going to get into talking about how to start systematizing and all that in a second. But before we do, we're going to end up talking about SOPs. And I know not everyone knows what an SOP is. So could you just explain what an SOP is before we start? Yes. Getting- so SOP stands for Standard Operating Procedure. And in the world of manufacturing, for example, everybody knows what that term means. But in the world of digital marketing and e-commerce, very few people are familiar with it. The simple definition is it's a fancy checklist. It is literally, or like a recipe, you know, you go to, go to the shelf and get a, a book on how to bake a cake and it tells you do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. In the absence of the recipe, for most people, the cake wouldn't turn out very well or they wouldn't be able to have any idea how to make the cake. But if you give me a recipe and tell me to make the cake, I can probably follow the recipe. Really, that's all a standard operating procedure is. When, company, when people buy, you know, a McDonald's franchise or a Subway or whatever it is, what are they really buying? They're just buying a collection of proven standard operating procedures to make sure the business is successful. Yes, in in the franchise world, you know, the brand obviously has an impact when you buy a McDonald's. Everybody knows what a McDonald's is. But if they just sold you the right to hang a McDonald's sign and they didn't give you all the procedures, how successful do you think you would be? Not. Not at all. No. And you you use that example of the recipe there, but we all know there's easy to recipes to follow and there's difficult recipes to follow. So what makes a successful SOP? It's a very good question. The things where SOPs work, and we can call them workflows, SOPs, checklists, whatever you like, where they work best is for highly repetitive processes or activities that are known in advance. So I need to source a new product or I need to do an inbound shipment or I need to create a pay-per-click campaign or I need to optimize a pay-per-click campaign or I need to do product listing optimization. 
those processes for an Amazon seller, you're going to do those over and over and over and over and over again. And they don't change every time you do them. So those are ideal to be systematized. Now to use a metaphor, let's say that I'm going to build a custom house. Well, overall, that house is different than any other house. But yet, even in that scenario, installing the kitchen is kind of the same. Installing the bathroom is kind of the same. Doing the framing is kind of the same. So you'd be amazed how many things that you can create systems for if you look at it from that perspective. And I guess one of the other things, I've when I've written kind of procedures, it, where I often struggle to work out is where one begins and the next one ends. So to go back to our recipes example, the recipe for Christmas dinner um, as one piece would be quite difficult to do. But if you had the recipe for the potatoes and the turkey and the sprouts individually, then it's, it becomes a lot easier for the, for the person doing it to manage. So how do we work out where a new one begins? That is also an excellent question. It's an area where a lot of people make a lot of mistakes in their systems. So you want to make systems so that the likelihood that the person following the instructions is going to miss a step or get confused is as minimal as possible. So using your dinner analogy, you're not going to have one big long system for Christmas dinner. So you're going to have, let's say, for the potatoes, you're going to have a system for the potatoes. And then in that system for the potatoes, you want to break it down into as many individual steps as you can. So in our software, for example, um, and it would be helpful if I could show a screen, but we'll just get people to visualize. Imagine your computer screen has a dividing line down the middle. On the left-hand side of your screen are the steps. Step one, step two, step three. So the steps are what you are supposed to do. So step one, get a potato. Step two, wash the potato. Step three, peel the potato. Step four, cut up the potato. Now, on the right-hand side of the screen, it shows you how to do each of those types of things. So if there was a particular technique for how you're supposed to wash the potato, you would document how you would wash that potato. If there's a particular technique for how you're going to cut it up, you want it cut in a certain way, you want the cubes to be a certain size, you want a certain number of cuts. Those are all how instructions, and so they would go on the right-hand side of the screen. So if you produce an SOP that says, here's what you're supposed to do, and you can have lots of steps, and here's how you're supposed to do each of those steps, and the how content, the, the amount of instructions isn't super long for each step, that's going to result in a very good SOP. What would be a bad SOP is you would have one step said, prep the potato. And over on the right, you have this long set of instructions that's, okay, find the potato and get the potato and clean the potato and cut the potato up. And so you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through the step sets of instructions that's forever long. Guess what? You're the likelihood that who's ever doing the potatoes is going to scroll too far or miss something or skip something or get distracted increases and then errors occur. So you don't want that to happen. And it, it, you, you raised something which I was going to come on to, which is, if you you have to find the right tool to create your SOPs in because a yes. word document it's quite mm. hard to manage your right hand side list and your left hand side list your checklist together with your instructions so what kind of 
tools work well for this? Is it like our general project management tools like a Trello or an Asana, or do we go somewhere else for successful SOPing? That's why I built my own software, because I couldn't find in the marketplace a tool that was really designed for this. Because if you think about so the, the Mondays and the Asanas and all these tools, they're really great project management tools. And they were designed for people to manage projects that aren't the same every single time. I've got a new client and I've got to do all this stuff and there's a timeline and they're really, really good at that. So we didn't build our software to solve project management. We built our software to solve process management. And so, yeah, there's some really important bits of functionality that you need to have. So let's say, for example, that, you know, if you work for me and I am delegating to you a podcast production or listing optimization or whatever, well, I need to be able to assign the workflow to you. I need to be able to give that workflow a due date so that you and me are alerted if it goes overdue. And um, that type of functionality and being able to check, easily check on my subordinates on who's done what and where they are and who's overdue and so forth is very important. And then there's another thing that's arguably as important, if not more important, is that processes, they're going to change. So in our software, the way it works is you have what we call a template, which is like the master copy. So let's say I have this template for doing product listing optimization and it's got, you know, 19 steps or whatever in it. And so we, on behalf of our suppliers, clients, we're, you know, in the middle of doing, I don't know, 12 different product listing optimizations. So then I, as the boss, because I'm out there working on the business and always looking for ways to improve, I discover that there's this new, there's this change or there's this new thing that we're going to do and it's going to be step 20. Well, if I go into my software and I add step 20 or I edit step 17 or whatever, and then I, once I'm done, the software is going to say, hey, you have 12 workflows that are based upon this template. Do you want me to update those workflows as well? And the answer is obviously going to be yes. So now what, what problem has that solved for me? It's actually a huge problem because change management in an organization is a really, really big deal. You know, normally if you come up with this change, you got to hold meetings and you got to train people and blah. whereas in the software, when if you're working on those listing optimizations or some portion of them, you're going to see that now there's a step 20. It just showed up and all the instructions to execute step 20 also just showed up. So do we need to have a meeting or a training session? Not likely because step 20 was created with enough detail because we're good at it that I know that you're going to be able to follow step 20 or the edit of step 17 or 13 or whatever. We don't even have to talk. And when you have a, a remote team, like we do of people that are around the world in different time zones, that's a really big bonus. That's a really big benefit. So some of those other apps that you mentioned, they're not designed to handle that at all. So literally you can get rid of those other apps if you've got the right um, SOP management tool, because actually it does the assigning and it does the deadlines. So you can just run it all through one thing. You're not trying to go, here's a task in Asana, link to this Google doc that hopefully has got the latest set of instructions. Yeah, we don't, we don't do it that way at all. The, the only thing that I use that's, uh, that we may have mentioned is Trello, and I don't use Trello for process management at all. 
I use Trello as basically a glorified special projects to-do list. That's all I use it for. Special projects being the ones that aren't quite yet ready to be systematized. Um, not even that. Projects, just things that are going to move the needle. Like as the CEO, my job's growth. My job is innovation. My job is to create new bits of content and so forth, new funnels. Like there's a perfect example, creating a new marketing funnel. It's not done over and over and over on a regular basis. I mean, it's done maybe once or twice a year, but it's a, it's a sizable project that has a lot of unique attributes. So I will use Trello to help me manage my way through creating a new funnel um, because I know that I'm not going to do that again for another six, eight months or a year. And the next time I do it, it's probably going to be quite a bit different than this time. There are certain elements that might be repetitive, but um, our software wouldn't be great for that particular use case. Okay. So uh, for those who are listening, who are going, oh dear Lord, I need SOPs in my business. I'm so bored of teaching people things 20 times a day. Um, where's a good place to start when you're first writing SOPs? You know, Do we start with the marketing? Do we start with customer services? Do we start with product information creation? Where's a nice, easy place for us to get our head around this? I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer for that, to be honest with you. For me, when I started them, I looked at, well, what makes revenue grow? Sourcing new products. So I started writing SOPs around sourcing new products because I knew that if I couldn't successfully and rapidly source new products, my revenue wouldn't grow and it really wouldn't have a business and it wouldn't matter. So it was all about sourcing products. Well, guess what? Once you become successful at sourcing products, now you've got to purchase products and then you've got to deal with shipments and then you've got to deal with listing optimizations and then you've got to deal with pay-per-click campaigns. So if you you can look at your business just in a linear fashion like that and work your way down the chain, that's one way of doing it. Or let's say that you have an existing business. You could look at where am I as the, the leader of this business? What stuff am I doing that I really shouldn't be doing? And the thing, and the way to figure that out is what's highly repetitive what is fairly linear, in other words, it can be organized into a checklist and the person doing the checklist might not require years of experience in the industry to be able to execute that. That would be ideal. Get those because you'd be, if you haven't yet worked with people from the Philippines or wherever else you would like to employ them, we've, we typically use the Philippines. They're, they're just wonderful. And they can be really talented and they can do a lot of really great work and they'll do it for four to five bucks an hour. So if you're not taking advantage of that, if you're using your own time to do something that a VA could easily do, you're basically saying you're only worth four to five bucks an hour. And goodness gracious, um, I would say that would be undervaluing your time to, to say the least. So there's um so basically we look for where the biggest opportunity is the yep. thing we definitely need to do more of or the thing which we really shouldn't be doing and that's that's a good place which I suppose the other good thing about that as a, as a place to start is it you see the benefits quickly don't you it, oh yeah it really it's going to sell you on the benefits of SOPs if you had any doubts at all oh absolutely when you you know there's there's a joke about entrepreneurial freedom as an entrepreneur we have the freedom to work 24 hours a day. <laughs> And that's not my life. And I didn't want that. And, but yet I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I think that for someone who hasn't systematized yet, because they're, because I like to say this, you can have growth or you can have control, but you can't have both. 
So if you decide that you growth is more important to you than having 100% control of literally everything, once you start to delegate stuff and you realize that, wow, this work is getting done by other people, this is great. You're going to get addicted to it like I did. And then you're going to figure out how the heck can I systematize everything? And, and it just becomes this project that, um, that really never ends because businesses change and evolve and grow and so forth. But it makes being the leader slash owner of a business a whole lot more fun. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster and it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. On average, 15% of searches on online shops return zero results, but only 1.3% of searches made through DoFinder are not returning results. Knowing that, what are you waiting for? Get your DoFinder 30-day free trial and start offering a better search experience. It can be implemented on all e-commerce platforms such as Shopify, WooCommerce, EKM, Visualsoft. Neil Patel includes DoFinder among the most powerful tools to increase e-commerce sales. Don't hesitate and go to dofinder.com slash masterplan to install it in only five minutes without coding. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, um, we've talked about the addictive properties, I suppose, of SOPs. That's where we ended was with how SOPs, you know, they become addictive and they're an amazing thing. We're now going to talk about a section of the podcast, which I know some of you find a little bit addictive and you wait for each and every episode. And this section is our top tip section, which are full of really quick ideas for taking all of our businesses to the next level. So Trent, you ready for these top tips? Uh, You betcha. Cool. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? E-Myth. As we've already mentioned, I like, I like the consistency. Okay. The traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? For traffic? Oh, man. I think if you can do get affiliates to generate traffic for you, that can be very, very valuable, but obviously that's not applicable for everybody. Um, And YouTube. Oh, cool. I like it. We don't often get those two mentioned. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a cool way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? I wonder what this might be. Mm, Could could maybe it be Flowster? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you. If you hadn't said that, then I'd have been very shocked because um, <laughs> it's all about the efficiency. Okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Start systematizing. Some guests apologize for giving the same answer in the top tips that they gave in the interview, but I'm like, 
Well, if you believed it then, surely you believe it like two minutes later. Mm-hmm. So, um, Trent, we've talked about how people can start systematizing their business to get that scale, to get that efficiency, to allow that growth to happen. Um, but you you have the tools that can actually do it for them, can save them from having to kind of start creating their own SOP. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yes. So within Flowster, we have what we call our marketplace. And in that marketplace is an ever-increasing number of pre-made SOP templates for all sorts of things that are part of the world of e-commerce. Because we recognize that not everybody wants to go have to create their SOPs from scratch. And so in order to make the software platform more valuable for the users so that we can attract more users, we are continually creating more content or partnering with other experts to create content and make that content in the form of an SOP template available. And a a huge chunk of them are free. Some of them are paid. Um, to people who would like to come and use the platform. And I actually do have a special freebie offer for your audience. We we like one of those. Please tell us more. So I put together a growth pack of five SOP templates, all designed around the area of e-commerce growth. And they're normally 300 bucks and we're going to give them to your audience for free. All they need to do is go to the URL flowster.app slash master plan and there will be a button and they can click the button and they'll check out and it'll create a Flowster account and in a couple of clicks they'll have them. Very cool. Well guys, there you go. You don't even have to start writing your own SOPs. You can use Trent's. <laughs> so uh, so no excuses at all to not get going. So that's $300 worth of SOPs done for you that you can get straight into the Flowster app by heading to, uh, it was flowster.app forward slash master plan, wasn't it, Trent? That's the, the URL. That's the one. Yep. Nice. Well, um, I'm definitely going to go and check them out myself. Um, and you guys certainly should go and have a look at that. Um, Trent, thank you so much. That's an amazing offer. We greatly appreciate it. Um, and thanks for coming on and talking about the world of SOPs, which I hope has inspired lots of our listeners to go and get their business better organized so they can free up their time, have more fun and make more money. You bet, Chloe. Thank you so much for making some time to have me on your show. So I am a huge fan of systemizing businesses because of the efficiency it brings you, because of the consistency of results it brings you. But I'm not as good at it. It has to be said, nowhere near as good as it is, Trent. I'm so inspired to go and actually take my level of systemization in the business to another level after hearing that. So you can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including those top tips, including links to what we mentioned and details of that offer. You know, if you're out running or doing something exciting right now and you haven't got a pen and paper handy, you'll find details of that offer, which was to get $300 worth of those pre-written SOPs, uh, which you'll get via that Flowster platform that uh, Trent was mentioning. And of course, you get access to all those free SOPs as well on there. And I swear, having had a look through those those earlier on today, there is plenty there to get you started organizing your business. You can get all of that at flowster.app slash master plan. But the links, as I said, will be in the show notes, which you can find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. Just click on this episode and you'll get all the great stuff we talked about today. Um, Once you're there, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, please do let me know what you think by uh, by social mediaing me on the hashtag EcomMasterplan. And thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because quite frankly, I'd love to help them too. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.